Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I am Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We have both worked in ministry for over 18 years. It's the new year, so 19 years, and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. Oh my goodness, Chris. Okay, what's oh my goodness? (laughs) Today. Today was crazy, Chris. And everything just got in the way, or like it's just been madness, or things are going so well that you just cannot believe God's amazing abundant mercy. (laughs) Yesterday was a day where it felt like I got a lot of stuff done. Today was a day where I felt like I did a lot of stuff and got very little done. That's a decent segue into what we're talking about. But I I think so many of us spend a, a ton of time doing things that don't have long-lasting impact on the ministry that we're doing or on the work that we're doing, but that needs to get done that day or that need, or that maybe just fills the space, to be honest. Yeah. What, and what was the driver in regards to it? Uh, who was captaining your ship? Was it, uh, was it emails? Was it your inbox? Was it uh, leftover tasks that you should have maybe taken care of the week before and it kind of just caught up with you? Or there are days where I do a hundred little things and I, I go home and I feel like I've accomplished nothing. And then there's days where I do two big things and I walk home like I'm walking on water. Yep, absolutely. It was it was the, the former. I didn't schedule time to do real work. And so the urgent, you know, or the last minute, hey, can I meet? Or can we meet today or can we meet tomorrow? Those things took up the spaces. Does that make sense? Totally. And I feel guilty because... We couldn't record on uh, our normal recording day, so I squeezed into Matt's schedule today. <laughs> so I am part of that uh, that that piece. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it was like, hey, do you have time to do this? Uh, yeah, I do because I hadn't blocked out time to do the stuff that I need to do to do the important things. You know, and there there have been there's even projects that I needed to do for you, Chris, that I didn't do for months. You know, because I kept my I never scheduled time to do it. And I, I felt real important. No, the, the, the task that you had to complete came with a little apology. It was great. It's fine. I love you, brother. I love um, you too. But with that, you said important task, and I want to I want to use different language because this is not unimportant. Correct. But it might not be today important and uh, to carve out the time to make it a reality. And so a book that we both recently went through is called Deep Work. Yep. And it talks about a deep work, which is kind of that meaningful, intentional, focused work that might draw on your expertise, your creativity, things, everyone from an artist to an engineer who just needs that silent time to sit and focus for an extended period of time to really get into accomplishing a bigger picture task. And then there's the shallow work, which is kind of every day-to-day remedial tasks, things that everyone can do and everyone has to do. I'm not saying that shallow work is bad. You're saying it's not important. I'm saying it's not as important, except when we're talking about Ministry Leaders Anonymous. You listeners are important to both myself (laughs) and Matt Rice, right, Matt Rice? That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Good. But yeah, you've got different levels of concentration that are needed for different kinds of work. And I think... And basically, especially after reading this book, most people don't spend enough time in a state where they can really dedicate themselves to learning something that is or doing something that takes some sincere concentration. Most of us sit here and we have our 
email you know open up in one tab the notifications from our messaging service or whatever open in another tab our cell phone on our desk yeah absolutely and we're working and whenever something from that other thing pops up then we end up answering it and that keeps us from really concentrating on what it is we're doing so the the gist from this book like just to summarize it really quick is like schedule at least an hour and a half to 3 hours whenever you can to focus on something man like i did this and i don't know if i'm if i told you this chris but back uh in the in the fall semester i absolutely needed to spend some time to do budget work for a blaze and i was like oh i'll do it tomorrow oh i'll do it tomorrow oh whatever and and i never did it and then i read this book and i was like screw it I'm going to put away three hours, you know, for two days in a row where I set my phone across the room. I put everything on, on do not disturb. I tell everyone I'm gone. I block out my schedule so that I have that time. And dude, I got the budget done the first day. And then I was like, oh, and, and I'm talking seven budgets because we've, I mean, and, and we've got seven different, you know, ministries or offices and stuff like that. So I, I worked through seven budgets in like three, three hours. And I was like, Okay, sweet. I've got tomorrow to get other stuff done. And it was it was amazing. But normally when it's distracted work, when it needs to be deep work, that would have taken you a week. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Um, and getting interrupted and not being able to focus on that one thing um, definitely would have taken a lot longer. Now, here's the thing. As ministry leaders, we have to be able to create that space so that the Lord can speak into it. The shallow work, I think about that in regards to... Uh, the, the the summertime, I take some time to establish a vision for the fall semester, mm-hmm. right? And that piece, otherwise I just lather, rinse, repeat. And we've been doing good ministry, and I've seen programs that have sustained themselves over the lather, rinse, repeat, but that God does not want us just to be sustained. He wants us to be in a, an element where we thrive, where we meet the, the needs of our community in a way that's unique to anyone else. And you can, you can plug and play a resource over and over and over again and follow a curriculum, or you can allow the Lord to work with some of those resources that you have and transform the hearts of those that you're serving. But that takes deep work. That yeah. takes that reflection. That takes that set-aside time. And I'm not just talking about vision casting. I'm talking about deep work is required to make a good flyer, right? Yeah. 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 And I mean, it, it, making a good flyer, vision casting, like planning your retreats, you know, and like anything that you're doing, absolutely. But even like as you were talking, I was like, holy moly, like if we don't talk about this, this would be a complete disservice. But we talk about prayer all the time. Like deep work in prayer, like like that, there's a connection there, right? If you are doing, you know, surface level prayer, you know, you're like God's not going to be able to do the the deep work with you. So that's why like this is kind of a plug for retreats. Like ministry leaders, you need to take time away where you have some real dedicated time, not just your 30 minutes or an hour a day of, of prayer that you do. You need to like set aside some time to do deep work spiritually so that God can dive a little bit deeper than he would do on an everyday basis. It's amazing because that element, that theme came up over the Christmas break for me because there was a day that I, it tells you your screen time at the end of the day. You're like, hey, you're Catholic. You need something to feel guilty about. You had a good day. Here's your screen time for the day. Seven minutes. I had a day over Christmas break where my screen time was seven minutes. No way. And I was like, really? Yes, uh-huh, 100%. That's amazing. What did you do that day? Uh, board games, went sledding. I mean, it was just, it was family, like crazy amounts of family. And it just consumed me. And there was so much, my, my life and my day was so full 
And I was deeply into my family. Like that wasn't deep work, but that's an example of the depth that I was just immersed in my family, that the shallows of some of the other stuff of the social media and stuff like that, social media, a large part, and all those little touch points are all very shallow. They distract us from the important in a large way. I'm interested, like, because we, we hear, um, I've heard, you know, recommendations for families all the time to have, you know, days where you do no screens, you know, for your families or whatever. Um, my guess is, I mean, it may be fairly obvious that there is a connection, you know, here between deep work um, and uninterrupted time, right? That's one of the things they talk about in deep work is, is setting un- uninterrupted time. The same thing with family. Like, if you want your to have a deeper family life, you need to have an, a, like it, moments of uninterrupted time across like everybody. So like no devices, no phone, da, 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 da. Hey guys, we're blocking out this whole day. I mean, even being intentional about it, not just accidentally tripping across it. Cause that's kind of what you did. You, it, it yeah. happened accidentally. It wasn't like you planned it. Right. You know, but um, they, they say for families, quantity time leads to quality time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where this would fit. Like a time that is uninterrupted, that's that's quantity yeah absolutely it would would lead to that that depth there so shifting back for our ministry leaders out there like deep work that deep thinking if you're like okay i gotta get 10 hours a week i'll do five hours this day five hours the next day and bundle all my meetings into one day and that there's there's tactics that that can make you more efficient in regards to that but there's some days where i like cannot have an hour and a half in a row that's free and, and that's okay so long as there are some days where I carve out three hours or two hours or whatever. But the book talks about the limit for deep work is no more than four hours a day. Yeah. He, he refers to, or the author refers to this idea of a tank that gets slowly depleted. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, minute by minute. And he says that a concert violinist, violin, violinist, yeah, concert uh, musicians can only practice their instrument for like three and a half hours a day before the return is uh, is next to nothing because deep work has its limits, right? We yep. couldn't be in deep work for 20 hours in a day. We've tried it, remember, in college cramming for a final. <laughs> you just were mush yep. by the end of it. And so my, my question, Matt, is for those of us who lead ministry in the evening, which I think is the majority of ministry leaders have at least some ministry that we lead in the evening, are we depleted by the time we get there and... Does it matter because is ministry execution deep work or is that more of the relational, the, you know, the deep work happened beforehand. I did the preparation and that's when I came up with my talk notes and, and the the teaching. And now I'm doing the execution and the execution isn't as deep. I mean, I I think by definition, the execution is not deep work. Absolutely. It should be concentrated and uninterrupted, you know, so you shouldn't be answering your phone, like in text messages, you know, from your best friend, you know, all night long, but sorry, yeah, yeah. Doug. <laughs> hey, I thought I was your best friend. You jerk. You do this every single time. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> um, so I think that that deep work is done during the day. And I would, I mean, if you don't have some sort of break time from your work day to your ministry evening, I think even outside of the deep work exhaustion. I think there's just normal human exhaustion. You need to have a break, you know, between work time and ministry time. I, I I would recommend that for everybody, regardless of whether or not it's deep work. So burnout sometimes happens when people get overwhelmed, but getting overwhelmed sometimes happens when we don't schedule deep work. Because that budget that you mentioned, that, 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 uh, example in the beginning, 
That was a monkey on your shoulder for weeks before you were finally like, I'm about to break, so I'm going to take three hours this day and three hours that day and just knock it out. And all of a sudden, you were freed from it. Yep. And, and it was and causing work a, provides freedom. It was causing a ton of stress, you know, in my life. Like, oh, when am I ever going to do this? How am I going to do this? It's going to take so long. Um, and until I, I realized that I just needed to like shut everything else out. Yeah, I mean, once I did that, once I set that side like that time aside, all of that emotional energy that was tied up in there was freed up, and everything changed. You know, for, with regards to the work I needed to do. So. And, and when did it change? Because my question for you is, was there a slight lowering in anxiety or stress when you scheduled the time, even before you executed? You're like, I have three hours next Tuesday, and I'm going to knock this out. And so task, that noisy little monkey on my shoulder, I am putting you in that cage on, on next Tuesday for three hours. No, or, it's, it's been a while, but I, you know, so I think that... I definitely felt some relief when that, once I scheduled that time because I knew that that was the time that I was going to tackle that. So I could, like you said, I could just put it up on that shelf like this is going to be taken care of at that time. So now I can focus on other things. But there was an even greater sense of relief when it was all done. Sure, of course. Yeah. So I guess w one of my questions in regards to the deep work or the shallow work to where we have that that anxiety or that stress of all the stuff we have to do when it comes to execution of ministry and we're burdened by those tasks, how do we remain certified fresh? I don't know if you've ever followed a movie on Rotten Tomatoes, but if it gets a high enough score, it's certified fresh. It's like worthy of watching. How do we enter into our ministry certified fresh, fresh where we're really worthy of, uh, of being present in that ministry? You're going to have to rephrase this, man. I, I lost you halfway through that. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Say this again. <laughs> Have you heard of the internet? Certified okay. fresh. How, certified fresh. How do we come into it? <laughs> okay, let's, let's come back. <laughs> let's land the plane again. How do we show up in our ministries to make sure that we are fresh and, and that we're not stressed out, that we don't bring those other burdens into it so that we can be 100% present to our ministry? What if we come depleted, even if it's not deep work? What if we come depleted at the day? And that often happens. You know, the whole day happens, and then we have to execute evening ministry. I think you've got two different issues here. Like one of them, you know, is you need to have time where you can take care of those big things that you need to do. Like one of the examples given in the book is learning a new language, right? If, if you're serving a community that, that like speaks a different language and you need to learn that, you need to set aside time for deep work and you can get that done. You can learn that language a lot faster that way than just listen to something on your way home or whatever. So if you've got this stressor that you need to get done for your ministry, but you just haven't done it yet, you need to start putting in deep work so that you won't have that stress, that emotional drain on you that will affect the ministry that you do. The other thing is, is just on a human level, taking care of yourself, giving yourself margin in your day between your work day and your ministry day. Now, that's, sometimes that's easier said than done because if you're a volunteer and you work your 9 to 5 job during the day and then you've got ministry that's happening at 6 o'clock, like how much time do you actually have to decompress between, between jobs, you know? Right, but you get the drive and then you're shifting completely topics. You're not talking about the same type of thing. So that, that volunteer piece, it's easy to shift into ministry mode. Sure. But if you're a full-time ministry leader... You should always, quote unquote, you should always be in ministry mode. Mm. I mean, I think there's a difference between working on the ministry and working in the ministry. 
That's true. Yeah. You know? So and during the day you're working on the ministry, during the evening you're working in the ministry. And, and that, that evening, you know, often we're, we're in this because we love it, you know? So there's something about it that's energizing and, and changes like, okay, all that crap that I endured all day. And now I get to do this. This is why now I, I get to see the faces. You are the reason <laughs> Jesus and you who yep. fill this room. Yeah. yeah. You know, so then that's almost like the reward, you know, for what you do. Now, if you aren't energized by the ministry you do to a certain extent, then there's something wrong, you know, like then you need to evaluate things. And, and, right. Yeah, I know. mean, because renewal, I think, is the first thing we need to do is do we have life to give yep. as we're walking in the door? Yep. And if we don't, it doesn't matter if we're called to the ministry or not, we're not going to be able to pour out if we're not filled up. Absolutely. So then we find ourselves in a place where we are renewed, we're in a good spiritual place, and then we can start examining, has my why changed? Has my calling changed? Because it's not if we're called to serve, it's how we're called to serve. And that can change over time. And so whenever someone exits uh, a ministry that I'm a part of, that I'm leading, I always ask them, what are you moving on to next? And sometimes they're like, well, my wife's about to have a baby or my... my, my, my daughter uh, just is going into to this this stage and I want to be more present to her athletics or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, so you're shifting more to a family ministry where you're focusing on your family. That's okay. That's still a ministry. Yep. Uh, but if they're like, yeah, I just wanted a, a break and just kind of want to chill for a bit. Like, I'm sorry. You got you to gotta serve somewhere. You've been baptized. Like, it's a, it's a blessing and a commissioning. Yep. Yep. The, uh, as we've been talking, I've been reminded of the, those four quadrants. You know, the the whole important, not important, urgent, not urgent. Not urgent. Right. Yeah. And we want to be at the place where we can work on the important and not urgent. And that is the place of deep work. Right? Yes. So that's that we want to create space so that we can do that and we don't end up having the only ability is is to work on the urgent and important. Putting out fires all day. And and scheduling that time, blocking it out, um, it is absolutely necessary to cage the beast of the urgent, unimportant stuff. Mm, Your problem equals my emergency. What's going on? You know, and and we have this. We have have teens right now that are signing up late for a a, a conference event, which is amazing and life-changing, and I will bend over backwards day and night to to, to accommodate. Um, But the deadline was like a month ago, and (laughs) and you're just like, I I don't know what else to tell you other than we had to release some of the hotel rooms because we didn't have uh, all these people signed up, and now we're squeezing it to the max limit, and then we have to create a wait list. You know, I can only do so much. But yet you had to plan ahead, yeah. and uh, and that was the urgent but not important piece quadrant that was kind of creeping in other people's tasks onto my ta- to do list. Sure, and and a lot of times we get into that quadrant because we have no other option. Like we don't have the bandwidth to do anything but the urgent and not important, or sorry, the urgent and important, and and we get to that place because we've said yes to too many things. So what, what I, I think that those things come up either way in ministry, yeah, you, you're going to have some, no matter what, yeah. but if that's all you're doing every day, every week, then there's a, a systemic problem that you have and you may not be able to get out of it without letting something go. Right. Now, what I would suggest if you're, if you're going to want to try to get out of that using deep work, which I, I think is the way to do it, you're going to have to slowly incrementalize because the book suggests what nine to 10 hours a week. Of this, you may only be able to get an hour and a half in. But if you don't schedule at least an hour and a half, 
you're not going to be able to do deep work. Right. So you can start, you may, you may start with an hour and a half and then, and then, and that first hour and a half is going to be awkward. You can be like, am I doing this right? Am I thinking deep enough? What am I supposed to be doing during this time? And, and making space for the deep work sometimes, uh, takes a while for the deep work to kind of rise up to that. You got to train yourself. You got to retrain yourself. And it's hard. I mean, shutting down your email, checking it for an hour in the morning, a half hour at lunch and a half hour before you leave, but then actually closing it down, turning off notifications, taking it off your phone so that in the evening you can have no work, right? I mean, unless it's a ministry event. but, But you see, that was another piece that Deep Work talked about is if you're always on, then you're never truly deep. So you need to set yourself up for success with your deep work. So that's one of the things that you said is you need to shut all this stuff off. So set yourself up for success with deep work. Part of that is knowing what you're going to do because you can't just set deep work and say, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Like you have to have a a reason for what you're doing. And so one, two, having, three, be amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. What yeah. do I do? Yep. Um, so you will need to probably assess what your daily tasks look like and maybe even go through that whole quadrant thing. What is it that's important but not urgent that I'm not doing because I don't have the time to do it? And that's the section, like once you build that out, that's the section that you can say, okay, this is what I'm going to do in my deep work time next week. And I'm before I get there, I'm going to get all the things I need to do with regards to research or whatnot prepared so that I have something to start with when I go there. Right. Yeah. Pre-game it. The other piece is there's distractions that happen in certain environments. And this goes back to our conversation about working remotely. Some of us don't have that uh, that ability. And that's okay. But every office space, because you can't get into deep work if people are literally popping in and interrupting your workflow. And so maybe deep work for you means coming in at 7 a.m. Or Mondays or Fridays, I found at the parish office, are a little bit slower and lighter. And yeah. so finding finding a time to where it's like, okay, well, I have a ministry meeting at 7. It ends at 8.30. I'm going to do an hour and a half of deep work because no one's in the office and it and, and we're able to be here until 11. So let's, let's do an hour or two of deep work there. Or coming in early, all those different pieces are vital. But if you have the ability to move to a classroom and just say, hey, I'm literally stepping away from a phone that rings or a computer that gives me notification, and I have a whiteboard or a chalkboard, depending on how old your parish is, you know what I mean, (laughs) here in this classroom, and I'm going to put my brain up on the wall if you're more visual, you know, there's there's ways to make it a reality. And, And it's a lot of fun. When you walk away and you're like, wow, I just did that. You're like, yes, let's go. You feel, and in ministry, you actually feel like the Holy Spirit is working and stirring in you in a more powerful way when you get into that deep work because you connect your passion, your desires with your st- your skill set and the Holy Spirit. It's a it's a beautiful recipe. Yeah, and it's a great time to potentially influence the rest of the staff. Like if you if you let the staff know that you're working with, say, hey, just so you know, like I'm going to come in early on Mondays between seven thirty and eight or eight thirty or nine or whatever. I'm going to close myself off so that I can focus on the tasks that I really need to focus on. Please don't interrupt me during that time. I'm going to put a sign on my door. Um, Then at the next staff meeting or whatever, you get to tell people about how much much stuff you got done, you know, and then maybe it will actually influence them to do the same thing. So I had a sign on my door one time doing deep work, and it said, please do not disturb. 
It was just a sticky note, one of the bigger sticky notes. I came back and one of the regular size sticky notes was on it saying, Chris is disturbed enough already. <laughs> so true. I love it. It, it. it brightened my day after I was done working so deeply on something. It was, it was hilarious. That's so. awesome. But the other piece is deep work is a great time to ask bigger questions as well. So, so sometimes the, you, you hear things along the way or you're like, man, that, that session didn't go well, or I feel like there's needs that have gone unmet. How are, how are we going to address these? While the tidal wave of tasks of running a semester or running your program um, is, is crazy. So keep that in mind that the bigger questions, you can set them aside, put a pin in it, and take it down in deep work. Hey, it's I called- beat you. I win. Ha, ha, ha. It's uh, Deep Work by Cal by Newport. Cal Newport. <laughs> You're like, no, you didn't. I have it too, Matt Rice. Um, yeah, we listen to it on Audible. Um, super quick read. I have uh, one of our uh, other staff at Ablaze is reading it right now, and they said this is, this is an ev- even easier read than some of the other books we've given them. So it's Rules for Focused Success in a Distracted World. Deep Work by Cal Newport. And it has a number of applicable things. Uh, And it talks about some amazing people who are like, hey, I wrote this amazing book and I'm not on Twitter. It's like, what does it look like if I'm not on Twitter? What does it look like if I withdraw from these different things? And some some philosophers and things like that used to do that for months at a time. I don't think we're able to do that, but we can certainly do it uh, for for periods of time, and we absolutely should. Yeah, I mean, in ministry leaders, as we start to to take this time and to do this, we may see some ridiculous fruit come from this. One of the things that it talks about is like people take this time or use this time to to write books, you know, to 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 do things that influence their entire industry. I would love to to have that happen, you know, in any of the ministry leaders that listen to this, that they find finally find the time to write that book they've wanted to write. Don't transform your parish, transform your program. Don't um, don't just transform your program, transform your parish. Don't just transform your parish, transform the ministry that you lead. On a national level, shift whatever ministry you're leading in. Matt Rice is always a fan of those RCA people. Like, make a shift, like transform it, and then transform the world to the ends of the earth. Amen? Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Let's continue the conversation online. Please send any feedback you have to mla at ablaze.us and share this podcast with somebody. Give us a review. Shoot. Please, please give us two reviews. Yeah. Be like the Astros. Well, cheating a little bit, not a big deal. <laughs> Moving on. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. But if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders. We will see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless. <laughs>